Hello, folks, and welcome to our weekly Behind Enemy Lines opponent preview here at On Texas Football. My name is Tommy Yarsh, and I'm excited to be joined by Garrett Ross from our friends over at Sikkim365. Garrett, thanks for coming on, man. How's it going? Good, man. I appreciate you having me. No problem. Thank you so much for joining us. And let's get right into this. I want to start by taking a look at last week's uh, really a gut-wrenching loss for the Bears against TCU. Sonny Dykes and the number four team in the nation hit a walk-off field goal, sort of like a fire drill type field goal, as time expired to pull out a win in Waco. Uh, from your perspective, what were really the positive takeaways and negative takeaways from this game that was really neck and neck the entire way? Man, I think really you got to look at how they responded in this game. Because if you go back the week before, K-State come into Waco and really just kind of they, – they punked you. I mean, they, they took everything you had. And for Baylor to come out and kind of show some resiliency, show some that they actually had some fight because they showed absolutely none of that against K-State. Um, so that was kind of a positive. There were some issues really with decision-makings regarding some of the things Blake Shapin were doing that kind of – make you scratch your head a little bit, but we've kind of been dealing with that all year long. Uh, but I think the way that they come out and just showed that they weren't going to let it happen again, you know, and I think if you look at the betting lines coming in two point game, they kind of, they, they stuck with it. They did everything they could to win the game. It just, man, it wasn't their day. TCU's on a mission. What can you say? Yeah, no doubt about that. And you mentioned Blake Shapin. Uh, I want to talk about him next. A roller coaster of a year, sort of like you touched on. 14 touchdowns, but nine interceptions as well on the flip side. He's going up against a Texas defense this week that's been having the best stretch of their season so far. They held TCU to just 17 and Kansas to 14 a week ago. What are some facets of Shapin's game that you could see finding success maybe against the Longhorns? And where do you see some things potentially going wrong? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I think Blake Shapin's good. I mean, he's he's a he's a serviceable quarterback. I think what gets skewed with him is this is his first year to really start, and I think you kind of see a similar situation like in Austin with Quinn. Uh, you know, the high expectations coming in, but these are freshmen, right? Like, there's there's elements to their game, no matter how talented you are, uh, that you struggle with, and I think we're seeing that unfold with Blake. Uh, some of the things that are concerning for me are situations where he's running the ball and the sliding. Like I know, and granted, you want somebody, you want your quarterback to stay healthy. And Baylor's dealt with the issues in the past with Brewer and even last year with Bohannon. But Blake is he's he's deciding to slide a little too early, and he's coming up like three yards short in some key situations, in particular on third downs. So he's got to get that tightened up a little bit in the throws, like the throwing off the back foot, the the arm and look arm angle. We could take it for what it is. There's so many guys, Patrick Mahomes, and then they make it look so easy with their arm angles. And Shapin's a baseball guy, but I think he kind of relies in, in situations on bad technique at times, and that's what's resulted into a lot of these these interceptions and errant plays that we're seeing. But if he can tighten that up. Um, and, and people can stay patient. You know, we're in an era now where people don't really want to stay patient. You've got people, Baylor fan base, little, 
why isn't Kyron Drones getting out there? Like, you, you just got to pump the brakes on that, let it play out. Um, but, man, he's got to tighten up his mechanics, and we're going to see that this week. Yeah, you answered my a follow-up question on Kyron Drones there, so thank you for that. Um, so talking about the running game now, we uh, mentioned with my, my buddy Ian Boyd in our game preview this week that the running game was really the strength of this Baylor offense. I think they have double the amount of touchdowns on the ground than they do through the air. And freshman running back Richard, Richard – is it Richard Reese or Richard? Richard, yeah. Richard Reese? Richard. Okay. Has been a he's, he's really been a welcome addition to the Baylor offense. 908 yards and 14 touchdowns for him this year. Uh, Craig Williams was over 100 yards last week to boost that ground game as well. So it seems like a running back by committee crew over there for the Bears against a Texas team that's been excellent against the run this year. How do they get those guys going? I think that your key is going to be making the defensive lineman for Texas go side to side. I mean, you can't let guys like Sweat and, and Cochran just sit there and clog up the hole. So I think you're going to see Baylor try to open things up with some jet sweep, really utilize that wide zone. And, you know, there were some plays last week at, against TCU where they did like some counters where the offensive linemen were doing these pirouettes and going, I think you're going to have to get use the advantage of your, your offensive line's athleticism to really make the big guys from Texas not just sit there and come downhill at you all day. If they do that, man, it, it, Bears going to be in for a long day, but you've got to get things in space, whether it's Monterey Baldwin, somebody coming in motion on those jet sweeps, but you're going to have to spread Texas out because you can't you can't just pound the rock at them. I mean, we've seen that. Yeah, and you mentioned Monterey Baldwin, and when the Bears decide to throw the ball, he's their leading receiver and certainly helps them out through the air. When it comes to that receiving core, who else in that group is worth noting and who are some names that could maybe step up this week? Uh, that's a This is a position group that's really kind of had us all, everybody covering Baylor scratching your heads all year, right? Like like we've had so many talent, you had so many talented players coming in, whether it was Jordan Neighbors or Monty Winfield. And I really was expecting those guys to kind of make a jump, have an impact in a similar way to what Aaron, Evan Stewart has been able to do at AM, but that hasn't been the case. And I think that got, kind of reverts back to what I was talking about a while ago. These are young guys, you know, and, and it's going to take time to develop. And I think that you're going to have to look at a guy like Josh Cameron, who's had a big, a big year so far. Early on, he's going to make some plays. Hal Presley's definitely going to have to step up. He had a big game against Tech, but he's been very inconsistent all year long. Uh, but, man, other than that, Kelsey Johnson, like like get him more involved from the tight end position and Ben Sims. But the receiving core right now has been hit or miss, and they definitely need some people to step up and help Monterey in them because, yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be a big issue, man. Yeah, Armani Winfield, the former Texas commit, who has yeah. had a slow start at Baylor this year, was I was I too was expecting more from him and Jordan Neighbors, the freshman over from Rockwall Heath High School. Uh, talking about now the Texas offense, I think Dave Aranda had a really interesting quote earlier this week, and it made its rounds on social media when he said that defense when defenses make it difficult or gray or they mess up the picture for Quinn Ewers, they tend to have more success. And I think that the past couple of games with him and just really the course of the season for Quinn shows that that is nothing but the truth. What are you expecting from Aranda's defensive unit to sort of give Ewers confusing looks and try to throw them off? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I mean, I think it really starts with the defensive line. They've got to create some pressure. I mean, all season long coming in, there was all the talk about bringing returning guys like uh, Siaka Ika and having Cole Maxwell up there, Gabe Hall. But you've got to get those guys involved and get more pressure to, from, you know, initially. And then let your guys like Devin Lemire, Martin Milton, and, and them on the back end wreak havoc. But I think you've really seen with Baylor's defense year, this year, they've struggled with not having the key guys there, like your Jalen Petries and stuff. So I think you've really got to – maybe it's Jackie Marshall getting him involved in a blitz scheme or something, Matt Jones. Uh, but they got to create some pressure because that's the only way. I mean, you're going to have to rattle Quinn Ewers or else he's going to pick them apart. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, really missing Jalen Petrie. He was so good against the run last year and stopping Bijan Robinson. Held him, to, held him to 43 yards, his lowest outing on the season. Uh, talking about more of this Baylor secondary, certainly not at the level they were a year ago, but nonetheless, they've still forced 13 interceptions on the season. That's good for second in the Big 12. If Ewers is flustered and makes those questionable decisions, this seems like a crew who could capitalize on that and really try to gain an advantage in the turnover game. Who stands out to you in that secondary crew to sort of fill in the shoes, if you will, for Jalen Petrie and, and maybe make those big plays in the passing game and in the run game? I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's hard for anybody to step up and replace somebody like Jalen Petrie, you know, but I think that, Al Walcott has done a serviceable job all year, you know, especially early on when he he came out and he had the cast on. There was like three interceptions that he dropped that if he wouldn't have had that club on his hand, you know, he was taking those to the house. Uh, but you got to find ways to get him more involved. Uh, I think guys like Devin Dill and Lemire, I mean, they've really kind of taken advantage when when there has been pressure created. But it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying a while ago. You if you have the guys on the back end, like your Lemire's and Milton. They they can make plays. They've proven they can make plays. But if you can't pressure, man, then there's nothing they can do. Yeah, pressure is the name of the game. The Texas offensive line has been pretty good with pressure all season. They've second in the Big 12 in sacks allowed. Uh, Bijan Robinson is coming off a career day, 400 yards, 200 yards, not 400. That would be a, a record day nationally. 200 yards against Kansas last week. Four touchdowns is what I meant. Uh, the Texas running back room also showed their depth. Keelan Robinson had a nice outing. Jonathan Brooks over 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns. How does Dave Aranda try to emulate what TCU did earlier this year and what he did last year against this Texas team to make the ground game a non-factor for the Texas offense? I mean, it's going to be difficult. I think you've got to kind of, in a sense, use your offense to keep them off the field because you really can't slow them down. I think, you know, going back, you really need a big – somebody like Siaka Ika to step up and plug that middle. But I feel like it's in a situation where you you know you're not necessarily going to stop the ground game. You just got to limit it. And if your defensive line can create the pressure, and then you can kind of counter that with, with your attack. There's no way you can stop Bijan. I, I just – I don't see it. But, I mean, that's just kind of where I'm at with that, man. And, you know, just really quickly here before our next question – uh, Bijan obviously going to be the focus, the running game going to be the focus. That being said, you, you'd think that what Texas likes to do when that is the focus is they like to get the screen game involved, getting Jordan Whittington out there real quick for a quick pass, letting him work. Maybe a little bit of Jatavion Sanders over the middle. 
how has Baylor been against the screen game this year and maybe over the middle against tight ends who can be receiving threats? And do you see that potentially being a weakness for this Baylor defense? I mean, I think it is. I, you, you really haven't had anybody be able to kind of contain the middle the way you saw last year. And I feel like when you look at a guy like Dylan Doyle, he's more of a run stop downhill side to side, but he's not going to be out there making those those plays. to. He's not quick enough he, he, to, to get out in the flat and slow those guys down. But, I mean, that's where you really need – you would need a guy like a, a Josh White who hasn't seen much time this year. Uh, but you're really going to have to revert to, you know, maybe TJ Franklin still on the edge and getting out, but you're just going to have to find a way that that's one of their key weaknesses, man. And it's been like that all year long and you, you just kind of limited. I don't know it's going to be a difficult task for them all day long. Man. Texas is just talented. Super talented as well. Uh, really quickly here, before we get to our last question, are there any injuries to players that could have a major impact on this game on the Baylor side of things? Uh, a major impact, I would say right now, Gavin Holmes uh, is going to miss the game. He had a leg injury uh, last week against T, uh, TCU, which kind of goes back to limiting the receiving core. Um, he's really the only main injury Baylor's dealing with right now. Obviously, they're without uh, Drake Dabney, who got injured for out for the season against Tech, which you know opened things up for Kelsey Johnson. Uh, but right now, the main injury that Baylor's dealing with is Gavin Holmes heading into this matchup. Okay, so only 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 two, really, which is good to hear at this point in the season. Last question here for you, Garrett. Although Baylor is out of the Big 12 title hunt, they have a chance to ruin Texas's odds at making the Big 12 championship. The Bears came back to beat the Longhorns last season in Waco after trailing by 11 in the third quarter. What will have to happen for Dave Aranda's crew to make it back-to-back wins over Texas this time in Austin? Slow the run game down. I really think that's the key. I mean, you got to win the turnover battle and you got to figure out a way to slow down all of Texas's rushing attack. Because I don't think Baylor looks at this this Texas offense and is scared about Quinn Ewers picking them apart. That's no slight against Quinn. I, I just feel like when you look at the past, you just faced Max Duggan and you just faced um, uh, Will uh, Howard from K State. Okay. I feel like right now, in this point in the season, they're both playing better than what Quinn is playing. And like I said, I'm not slighting Quinn, but I think that Baylor's defense will be ready and can handle that. But it's really going to come down to can you muddy up the trenches and slow down the run and find a way to generate turnovers and win the turnover battle? Because last year, a lot of keys to Baylor's success was coming out of those one possession games, getting you know the turnovers. And this year, that hasn't been the case. They're, they're falling behind. They're, I believe, two and four in one possession ball games this season. So that's going to be the key. You've got to slow down that running game and generate the turnovers. And Blake Shapin has to take care of the football. Got to take care of the football, as always, and win the turnover battle. Such an undervalued aspect of the game. But really I is. feel like this could be – it really is. I think this could be a really – you know, you might not want to hear it, but a high turnover game for both teams. So really whoever comes out with the most uh, is certainly going to win this one. And then you mentioned stopping the run. Anybody who does that against Texas typically has a better shot uh, than most. Longhorns host the Bears in the final game of the regular season and senior day at DKR on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving at 11 a.m. Huge thanks again to Garrett Ross of Sikkim365 for joining us today. Be sure to give him a follow over on Twitter at underscore Garrett Ross. Thanks so much again, Garrett, for joining us. And that's going to wrap things up for this episode of On Texas Football. Thanks so much for watching and be sure to come back tomorrow. I'll be joined by Ian Boyd for a weekly game preview episode. And then after the game on Friday, I'll hop on the postgame show with Bobby Burton and Rod Babers from DKR to give you my quick thoughts after the game. 
Lastly, be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel for more content throughout the week and beyond. For our producer, Matthew Hutchison, and all the great folks at Inside Texas, my name is Tommy Yars, saying see you next time. Happy Thanksgiving, and have a great rest of your day.